Hello everyone and welcome back to the Tiger Project Podcast. In this episode, we interviewed Ms. Waller about the popular reality TV show, The Bachelor and the Bachelorette, and what messages it communicates about American society. Enjoy the episode. The first thing I'm just going to ask is for you to introduce yourself and who you are at GCS. Hello, I'm Ms. Waller, and I'm our upper school dean of faculty, and I also teach 11th and 12th grade English. So, for starters, what is The Bachelor or The Bachelorette for those who don't know? Well, if you don't know about The Bachelor slash Bachelorette, you are living a happier life than I am, maybe. (laughs) But I'd also argue maybe a sadder one. It's a reality dating show in which a single contestant, which is either a man or a woman, depending on whether it's The Bachelor or The Bachelorette, um, seeks a spouse. So they're getting engaged at the end of this. And they're choosing from 30 or so contestants who are vying for their love. Can you give an explanation of what your opinion or what, like, what your argument is about this show? I can. Um, I have a Janice-faced approach to The Bachelor. And what that means is a Janice face is when you have a face on one side and then instead of having a back of the head, you actually just have another face. So it's <laughs> kind of like where the idea of being two-faced comes from. Because I both absolutely love um, watching The Bachelor and The Bachelorette in kind of a messed up schadenfreude way where I enjoy the like drama of the whole thing. And at the same time, I'm well aware of the embedded racism, sexism, misogyny in general, um, the issues of our society that are part of The Bachelor and The Bachelorette that I think um, we can explore through that kind of a show. Um, So I enjoy watching it for the drama, and I also enjoy watching it because I like to think about our own American society and how it's represented in it. That's super interesting. Do you identify certain patterns within the reality TV show, um, within reality TV shows in general? Like, do they all follow similar formulas? Yeah, I think a lot of the, like, competition-y shows follow similar formulas, um, so you're, you know, you're trying to get some prize at the end of the day, whether it's like winning the Amazing Race or the Great British Bake Off, or uh, I guess with The Bachelor or The Bachelorette, <laughs> you're like getting married, um, yeah. <laughs> which I guess maybe is a prize, but that's also worthy of consideration. Um, yeah. yeah. So yeah, I think it's interesting. They definitely follow, this kind of show follows a formula. There's actually a, a podcast, um, so I'm on a podcast talking about a podcast, <laughs> but there's a podcast I really like called Game of Roses. And it analyzes The Bachelor, The Bachelorette from the perspective of it being a sport. So it's done like 30 years of analysis on the show and and has um, come up with like the formula for how you win it (laughs) and breaks it down into different game components and contestants into different like archetypes. Um, It's really interesting. And they've done like a lot of actual data around who ends up winning and if you get a rose first on a certain night your odds of winning go up by whatever whatever anyway so I definitely think it follows a formula I also think the producers at the end of the day are the ones who are doing the manipulating of both the contestants and the um, the bachelor or bachelorette so they want to follow a formula so they can manipulate it and control it Yeah, I know that many participants on The Bachelor willingly follow produce-shaped storylines, so how much of reality shows like The Bachelor or any in general actually lies within reality instead of relying on a script? Yeah, I think um, 
it depends probably on the reality show. So I'm not a big Kardashian watcher, but um, I know a lot of people are, no shade. <laughs> but um, I think that is obviously super producer driven because like it's literally their momager who's like organizing <laughs> the whole thing. Um, but for a show like The Bachelor or Bachelorette, I think almost all of it is producer driven. I don't think the conversations are scripted, but I think the producers are behind the scenes saying like, now would be a good time for you to share your childhood trauma, yeah. which is like part of the something that happens anytime they go on a one on one date. They share like some sort of hard thing they've gone through. They like are told they have to do that because it will make you closer with the person you're sharing it with. And then you're more likely to fall in love. I don't know. But um, but I think a lot of it's producer driven. I also know the producers do things like withhold sleep from people so that they're more likely to be irrational or emotional um, or they'll put people who they know are going to disagree or get in a fight for my schadenfreude tragic enjoyment um, <laughs> together on a date and and have them like duke it out over the person in a two-on-one so they're often putting people in the most sort of fraught situations that they possibly can um, to create dramatic outcome I do think the emotions on the show are sometimes real like, I, I'm not so cynical that I don't think they sometimes do fall in love with one another. I also think they fall in love with the idea of having several hundred thousand Instagram followers, which has been something I've seen evolve out of the show in the last, like, 15 years. It, when Instagram didn't exist, you might be doing it for fame, but in kind of a different way. But now that Instagram is such a ubiquitous part of our lives, I think a lot of people are doing it for clout. Yeah, I almost feel like not only are they trying to make them fall in love with each other, but make the different, like, viewers fall in love with each person. Like, my mom is a self-proclaimed um, bachelor and bachelorette lover, and, I, and I'll ask her for, like, breakdowns of it, and she'll be like, well, this is, I don't know, Kevin, and his mom died in a fire, and he was, like, nine, and he is a lawyer or something, you know what I mean? Yeah. I think that's so interesting. My next question is about what makes The Bachelor stand out as a TV show? Like, what makes it so different or special? Does anything, for me at least, I feel like The Bachelor has been going on for so long and is a super, super successful um, example of a reality TV show. And I was wondering if you think there's a particularly a particular aspect that um, gives it that success. Yeah, I think part of the reason it's so has been successful is sort of the the mechanism behind the show has been, I mean, it's got a great airtime, right? It's Monday night from eight to 10. That's usually a really successful um, time. And I think it became like a capital T thing. Um, and I actually think it's on the decline. So I used to have students talk to me about The Bachelor like all the time on Tuesday mornings, you know, at old GCDS, um, Old Church Road campus, you'd be sitting at the lunch table with students in The Bachelor would always be a conversation of on Tuesdays. Um, and I don't hear students talking about it very much anymore. And I do wonder if the success of the show is on the wane, partially because of COVID and partially because it's been involved in some like pretty public drama over the past couple of years. And I wonder if shows like Love Island, I wonder if some of those shows are gonna um, take its place, um, shows on streaming like on Netflix or HBO. HBO. Um, I think in this in Bachelor there are a lot of general themes and it appeals to like a very general American audience and I think that there are some common themes in it but like 
both positive and negative. So what common themes do you see between the show, but also how our society works today? Yeah, I think we're seeing a really interesting thing play out right now. So um, The Bachelor for a long time had almost exclusively white contestants and also like love interests, like the main um, the people trying to get married. Um, and that obviously is um, shows that the audience for The Bachelor was like potentially largely a white audience. And um, and then I think as the show gradually diversified, which, of course, my argument to that would be that that's an obviously really good thing, but it's brought tons of conflict to the show. And I think that's a shame. And I think the show's handled most of that conflict incredibly badly. Um, and even in some cases put people in really difficult and unfair situations. Like, for example, um, Rachel Lindsay was the first black bachelorette. And I don't know if you know anything about Rachel Lindsay, but she's awesome. She's a lawyer. She's incredibly thoughtful and smart and beautiful and funny and, you know, all of the positive things you'd want in a potential spouse. Um, and she was kind of used and abused by by ABC on the show in ways that I thought were pretty, pretty rough. For example, they purposefully put on the show a guy they knew was racist um, who had like Confederate flag stuff all over his Twitter account and had said overtly racist things. And if you know that that person is has a racist past, it's only hurtful for them to put him on the show to interact with Rachel Lindsay. Totally unfair to her. And then, you know, subsequently there's been rightful clamoring for a, a black bachelor. The Bachelor's always been kind of the marquee show within the Bachelor franchise. So it always gets higher ratings than The Bachelorette or higher ratings than their other show, Bachelor in Paradise, which is awful awful show but also very enjoyable um and they ended up choosing a black bachelor which of course is great but then again like not they didn't really do the background work to be able to do that in a way that was respectful or successful i would argue and so a lot of the um sort of middle america middle class white audience got fairly upset when um the show dug into some real conflict around race when um, Matt James, the Black Bachelor, um, chose a white woman for um, at the end of the day, and she'd participated in a racist event, having gone to a party at a plantation that was like an antebellum themed party. So she's dressed in like a pre-Civil Civil War outfit. Um, and obviously that has a complicated racial past. And um, she was briefly canceled for this. And then um, the host, the longtime host of The Bachelor, Chris Harrison, criticized that she was canceled. Then he got canceled. And, you know, everyone made mistakes in that situation. I'm not here to say whether cancellation was worthy or not, but it was really complicated in the world of The Bachelor. And so now, my ultimate point is, now we're seeing a swing back. So now we've got a very um, middle America football playing uh, white quote-unquote classic bachelor that's kind of a pendulum swing if you want to think about it that way in ways that I think are kind of complicated and um, literally they like had to the women had to play football for Clayton's love and they're going to all these country music concerts yeah I saw and, that one that was a little <laughs> bit bizarre and uh, and so I don't know I just think it's I don't I don't have answers and I I'm people way smarter than I am have more thoughtful analyses but I do think 
we're seeing that in our American society in, in similar ways with, um, we even see it in schools to a degree. So I think it is a little bit of a reflection of where our society is. So your last point touched on this, but do you see the issues that are being addressed in The Bachelor as almost a microcosm for what's going on in American society today? I do, I do. And I think, um, of course, it's not, no, nothing is going to be a perfect um, example of a microcosm of, of our society. But I, I think that a lot of the issues that we're wrestling with, whether it's like ubiquitousness of social media, um, body image stuff, um, issues of stereotypes with gender, like the cat fights and mean girls and those sorts of things. Um, and even the idea that in order to get someone to fall in love with you, you have to, you know, disclose the worst things that have been a part of your life in order to follow this script that we have for how, how to kind of fall in love. Um, I think those things are complicated. And of course, you know, America's gone through a reckoning having to do with race in the past, well, for forever, but particularly in the past three years. And I think we've seen some of that play out on The Bachelor in in ways that are at least interesting to analyze, even if um, at their root they're fairly painful. Yeah, I we've talked a lot about how, like, racial minority groups have been portrayed in this, and I think it's interesting that, like, a black man and then when a white woman got together raised a lot of conflict because historically that's been like a thing that's been looked down upon mm -hmm. but I also think another important thing to note is how are women portrayed in this show because I feel like they're like the background characters for this bachelor or in the bachelorette like there's a difference there I think and so how are they portrayed yeah so again often we have um pretty traditional stereotyped um, portrayals of women and men. So it, the women who end up being selected to be the bachelorette um, fall into a really specific body type um, and beauty standard that is unachievable for most people. Um, and then similarly, they often have jobs like they're a wedding photographer, not that there's anything wrong with that, or they're a, a teacher or jobs that, that skew traditionally feminine. Um, whereas the men, I mean, the current bachelors was a professional football player. So, um, you've got, um, a fairly traditional, um, sort of career choices that are represented. Um, and I don't know if that's just happenstance or if the producers, I would argue it's more likely that the producers are trying to choose a like all American perfect girl or all American perfect guy. Um, one thing I do appreciate about the show I will say, um, is that the, the, they're pretty careful to call the women women and not girls and to call the men men and not boys, which I think, I don't think we would do that anyway, but it's often the case that it, men are referred to as men and then the girls for women. And I appreciate that the show at least tries to, um, to not infantilize the women who are on the show by calling them girls. Yeah. And I also, I'm not a longtime follower of The Bachelor. It's probably for the best, Ellery. <laughs> but I do think it's interesting that The Bachelor is, I think, more popular mm -hmm. um, because I do think it follows more of a traditional narrative of, like, all of these women, like, finding them. I mean, even the um, book we're reading right now almost feels like that. Like, all of the, we're reading um, Pride and Prejudice, and it's, like, about these women's pursuit to find marriage, and that's really what The Bachelor is about. Mm -hmm. So there's an interesting connection um, 
between those two, I guess, works of art, you could call it. Um, we can call it that, I yeah. think. <laughs> so I think that's super interesting. I guess it also speaks to the um, universal long-term, I guess, fascination with that and interest in that. Yeah, can I add one quick thing about it that yep. I think is interesting? Um, to your point, your very good point, that I think we have um, these women pursuing a guy, which in the original show was The Bachelor, The Bachelorette was added in years later. Mm-hmm. But um, but I also think that we have, it's um, presumed that the audience's interest is going to be in the women fighting with one another. And that there's less of an interest in the men fighting over a woman. And very often that involves physical violence they're asked to do. So they have to actually physically box against one another or do a football game or um, something that could actually injure somebody. You know, there's often a teaser shot of an ambulance like coming on its way, which is that's pretty horrifying when you think about it, um, you know, a little bit more deeply. But I think that there is something um, real to what you're saying, Ellery. So um, if you were the producer of this show, what adjustments would you make to the show so that it would have like a better message overall or just how would it, how would you change it? Yeah, well, I think for starters, I think um, there's also um, a, you know, a fundamental premise of heteronormativity to the show. You're, you're sort of saying that a, a relationship, at least in this instance, is between a man and a woman. Um, and so I think there's definitely expansive thinking that could happen there around like what is a relationship or a traditional, in quotes, American relationship. I'd love to see, see the show expand its thinking there. Um, and offer some sort of um, either additional shows or amendments to the show that expanded the idea of what love in America looked like. Um, similarly, I would. this show has tried to diversify its cast in the past five years, and I think they've done a much better job. I'd like them to continue doing that, but even more so, I'd like them to make sure that they're actually, you know, educating their producers and educating the audience. The audience can be brutal for the show, um, and I think the way to do that has to be so thoughtful, but I do think it can be done. So educating the audience around, um, you know, around m- more social justice issues. Um, and then lastly, I think there are ways of getting more mental health care for the people on the show. I mean, there have been really serious mental health implications for people who've gone on the show. And I think that would be a really good change. And I guess lastly, lastly, um, I think it should acknowledge the the fact that people are going on the show to get famous and build it in in some way. I think there's a way to do it. Like, we know you're coming on for Instagram followers. Like, maybe at the end, do you choose, well, or do you have to get rid of your Instagram to go on the show and, like, swear you'll get rid of it for however long? I don't know. I just think there's some way to to use that to their dramatic advantage. Yeah, just a follow-up question. I think the audience has a very big impact on how this show goes, so... What do you think that general impact is and how did the, how does the audience's ideals and interests change the course of the show? Yeah, I think the that ABC is in a tough spot there a little bit because I think they have historically appealed to a very white middle class, middle America audience. Um, not, of course, universally, but, but I think fairly overwhelmingly demographically. Of course, also women tend to be the audience for the show. Um, so I think... Um, I think at the same time, they're up against a groundswell, especially of younger viewers and um, viewers who are pretty active on social media, who are, again, just absolutely clamoring for the show to be more thoughtful around 
issues of identity. And, um, and I think those two things can sometimes come into conflict with one another. And I'm generalizing all over the place here, but I do think that's the case. And um, I nonetheless think the show has an obligation to stand by what they hear from former contestants, what they hear from former bachelors and bachelorettes about the painful experiences that they've had, especially those who've been minority um, contestants or bachelor bachelorettes. And I think they have an obligation to do right by those people. If they're, they can't just, you know, use them as a pawn or a token in this show. I think they have to do right by them. And, and I'm, I haven't seen enough of that, I would say. I think what you were mm, noting as like this kind of clash between ideals is, is evident in the show. And I, I would argue is evident in a, in a lot of shows. What do you think a show like The Bachelor says about the entertainment industry as a whole? including this, uh, I guess, wave of change that it brings, that, or that it's implementing currently? Yeah, I mean, I think if it had sort of continued on or tried to do better, <laughs> um, a little better than it has done, I would feel differently about it. But I, I think that, I think they ultimately will choose profit over people. Uh, maybe I'm a cynical viewer, but, um, and, you know, and maybe I, I should stop watching it because of that, but... <laughs> I mean, I do. Uh, part of me wants to believe that they're trying to do the right thing and that they have made some meaningful changes, but, um, but I, I'm a little cynical about that. I think that ultimately, um, I think ultimately, its its existence is to sell ad space, right? It's, which I think is a really, that's this is a story for another podcast. But I think that's a fascinating idea that like we watch the show about people falling in love and the way that it makes money is by selling ad space in the middle of this narrative of love that's being told. Like, we wanna know what's gonna happen after the next commercial break when they like fly to Paris and go on the romantic date to the Eiffel Tower. What's gonna happen? Ah, and now an ad for Old Spice, you know? So I think it's uh, um, ultimately about making money, not about love, which sorry to ruin everyone's idealism. <laughs> Just a final question. What do you think we can learn from watching this show? I think there are a lot of takeaways, like stereotypical ones, but what do you think is a productive takeaway from the show? Well, I think this is true of all media and almost any um, any text. If you, if we, I, maybe we'll, we can call it a text instead of a work of art. I don't know. <laughs> but any text you're examining, um, you have to bring a critical eye to it and think about... Um, think about what its intentions are and think about what its ideals are and where those are in conflict, I guess. But with The Bachelor, um, for me, I like to watch it with with an analytical lens. Um, and I am entertained by it, so I'd be lying if I said that I was like just there like rolling my eyes and criticizing it right and left. Sometimes I'm buying into what it's selling. But um, thinking about what it's telling us, the messages it's sending to us about who gets to love and in what way and what's healthy, because I think a lot of what we see on The Bachelor, Bachelorette is totally not healthy, um, and what's showing us about American society um, and what it's showing us of, about sort of the boundaries of acceptable behavior. I think those are things to watch with a really, really, really critical lens. And then I think the conversations that happen on social media after the fact with The Bachelor are also really interesting to follow. And there's a lot of social analysis and criticism to be done there, because I think the audience can be the most toxic part of the whole thing. Well, thank you so much for coming on today. It was amazing.
Thank you guys so much for having me. If you watch The Bachelor, we'll have to talk about it next, of course. next yes. week. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of The Tiger Project. We hope you enjoyed our conversation with Ms. Waller about The Bachelor and what it communicates about American society. I really personally enjoyed the conversation, and it opened my mind to a lot of different concepts about reality television and also about entertainment and um, just the changing dynamics in the entertainment industry today. Down below, we will have a couple of articles that you can read to learn more about this topic as well as that podcast Miss Waller mentioned. So check in the link for some resources and information. Thank you so much for listening. See you next time.